Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This is a crowd podcast. Dean Windass, midfielder, striker and Hull City hero. 22-year career taking him to teams including Aberdeen, Borough, Bradford and most other northern teams. Scored the goal that got Hull into the top flight for the first time in their history, plus author. But let's see what the book club and our guest George Alec from Not The Top 20 podcast thought of Dean's 2010 book, Dino, in this week's Football Book Club. His relationship with, with Peas is, is just <laughs> yeah. absolutely remarkable. He could be like Hastings in line of duty finding bent refs. There's no situation where a coach is like, yeah, great. I'm so glad you're naked right now. Hello and welcome to Football Book Club, the only book club where instead of literary classics, each week we read another footballer's autobiography. Less Daphne du Maurier, more Serge Aurier. George and Jack had very conflicting uh, responses to that. <laughs> How is physically I painful that? I, I can see, I can see you suffered from that. Oh. Thanks, uh, Martin Atkins. Martin Atkinson sends that one. I don't think it's the referee, but um, yeah. <laughs> Imagine how if long you've been hanging right. on to that if it is Martin Atkinson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm James Morgan. Over the weeks, we'll be reading classics such as David Batty, The Autobiography, and John Parkins, Feed the Beast. But today, we're reading Dean Windass's Dino and reading with me, Jack Bernhardt. Hello. Natasha Daniels. Hello. And please welcome to the show, journalist, broadcaster, and host of Not the Top 20 podcast, George Ellick. Hello. Woo! How are you doing, Yay. George? Great I'm, to have you I'm, with us. It's great to be here. I mean, this is my like ideal thing to do, combining kind of football nostalgia with reading and Dean Windass. It is <laughs> right down my street. <laughs> a lot of your reading involves Dean Windass? I never thought. Uh, yeah, a fair bit. Well, quite a lot of my like content consumption involves people like Dean Windass and ideally Dean himself. So yeah, this is... I never thought I'd find this perfect niche, but here we are. It's amazing. <laughs> glad, to, glad to make dreams come true on the show. Uh, you're a big Dean Windass fan? I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm an Oxford fan. And for anybody who hasn't read the book, which I'm sure most people listening must have read it already, um, you know, Dean, Dean spent a season at Oxford when I was about seven years old. And I think when you're kind of that formative age, formative age of, of, of fandom and your team signs 
the record goals, you know, the record signing for your club, and he scores loads of goals. He becomes quite an important part of your childhood. Um, so I love Dean Windass and associate happy childhood memories with him. And then was lucky enough to interview him last summer um, for for a podcast. And now I'm talking about him here. So I'm trying to work out what the next step is um, for for my Dean Windass consumption. Mastermind, mastermind, maybe that special subject, or a restraining <laughs> order, maybe. Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe. <laughs> it can go one of those ways. I'm friends. I mean, I, I know that you had you had Ivo Graham on the podcast couple of weeks ago who's a friend of mine and Ivo actually weirdly did a um a pedalo ride with Dean Windass this week so he's already kind of usurped <laughs> where I can get to I, um, I'm sorry I'm yeah. sorry what yeah I, I, I don't know the ins and outs he posted a picture on Twitter of him with <laughs> Dean Windass holding this book and I was like I saw that I saw that that's yeah that's so weird so I texted him saying what's going on here I'm currently reading this I never thought you and I would be exchanging notes on Dean Windass's autobiography and he said just something for work and then sent me a picture of him him and Dean Windass side by side in pedalos somewhere in hell <laughs> oh my god so I don't know you know I, I don't know how I can then out Windass him again um, but I'm gonna have to find a way to do it it's it's I, jury's ass that's tough that is generally tough once you've been on a pedalo with dean windows that is very hard to be we need to get we need to get ivo back on to explain that story yeah, to us. that's that i've never been more jealous of someone else in my life ever <laughs> imagine what a, what a day just sitting pedaloing with dean windows yeah, yeah amazing god well, it, what truly life. what a way to end lockdown yeah, <laughs> exactly. um dean was only at oxford for a season right george but he still made yeah. a big impression on you he made a massive impression. Um, he scored two goals against Swindon, which is always pretty important, um, given we hate Swindon very much. And he, he sure. scored a, I think we'll talk about it later, but he scored a very big goal in the FA Cup um, in a game against Chelsea when Chelsea were, were quite good. And um, that the injustice of, of that game uh, has lived with me forever, to the extent that I can even remember the referee's name, it was Mike <laughs> Reed. Uh, and there was a, yeah, there was the, a... He's star. Exactly the same one. The, yeah. the, but there was a. If you ever mentioned Mike Reed's name in our house when I was younger, there was you know Penny in the Penny Jar. He was his name was Mud with us. Um, wow. Was it was it like you're being such a Mike Reed right now? Exactly. Exactly. Oh Stop being God. such a Mike Reed. Um, yeah. So yeah, but those games were yeah. I mean, they were. I think having matches like that when you're a young fan. Um, and having characters like Windass um, are, are pretty important to making you quite obsessed with whoever you support. So I've got Dean to thank for for many trips to Oxford and, and away days over the over the years. And even though he, he didn't even last a whole season, but he was yeah. Um, yeah he was a hero. He's a bit like Klinsman to us Spurs fans, I guess. Mm. He kind of popped yeah. in for about five minutes. Scored loads of goals, then changed everything, and then left. went to someone better. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's pretty much how. I, but then, of course, a lot of people, George, know you from not the top twenty podcast, and they know you're an expert on the EFL. And it must have been quite nice to you to read a book where Dean, first of all, played for most teams in the football league. But if he didn't play for them, he either scored against them, was linked to them, or was sent off against them. So there's, he pretty much is. <laughs> he, he, he takes off pretty much every club in there. So stay tuned as we celebrate the career of one of football's biggest characters, Dean Windass. Okay, over the show, we're going to be going into more depth about the book. We'll have a dramatic reading, a quiz at the end, and Ken's back with another charm. But first, let's see what Amazon is saying about the book. The book has 4.2 stars out of 5. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, not bad. That's pretty good. Yep, not too bad, including this four-star review from a Mr. Miller. Uh, it's, it starts off with um, an ellipsis, weirdly. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the ellipsis, you don't... 
Yeah, very. You don't need to. I think he's written like a much longer review well, somewhere yeah. else, and this is an abridged version. You're supposed to piece them all together, and it makes like one yeah. giant super review. <laughs> uh, you don't need to be a Dean Windass fan to enjoy this book. Maybe you don't even need to be a football fan. It's just a really fast-paced, funny read. Dino might never make it as a household name, but it'd be a lot funnier than a lot of people are on telly all the time. There are downs as well as ups. Lots of both, but it's a great read in the weekend kind of read. So, first things first. What TV show should, would we like Dean to host? And secondly. Uh, what do you think of the book? That's the more important one. Uh, Jack. <laughs> oh, um, this is a really good question. Probably, I mean, I can only think of Bring on the Wall. Like, yeah, uh, that's what I was thinking. Wall again. He'd make it, no, he'd It'd make be- a good Danny Dyer on the wall. He would make it, oh yeah, I, well, either you've got the, the, the old style Dale Winton wall, oh. where you have to make the shape. That would be pretty fun. Or Danny Dyer's The Wall. Yeah, either any any wall-based program is where I want to see Dean Windass. We've already hit the limit for the amount of times we say wall in the podcast. <laughs> so that's gone. But more importantly, did you enjoy the book, Jack? I really liked it. I thought it was really, really fun. I think the, the main appeal for me, and I appreciate that this isn't going to be uh, for anyone else apart from this particular book uh, book club is uh, how many other people that we've read were mentioned in this book like it was it was like all the big hitters we've got cammy cammy's time at stoke at bradford uh and then jeffrey richmond the uh the chairman of bradford so we had like that different uh side of things uh neil redfern makes loads of appearances when he's at bradford well, he had a very similar uh, career to neil redfern in many very ways similar and he played career for to a lot of, lot of clubs sorry george this is incredibly rude of us just talking about all the other yeah. episodes we did without <laughs> you <It's fine. laughs> but it, it sort of felt like a, like an alternate history almost like um you know rosencrantz and gildenstern are dead sure uh yeah, this is this is far too highbrow immediately to to pick up. <laughs> Amazing but, comparison! What a comparison like, that is. <laughs> but we sort of—it feels like we sort of got the Neil Redfern Cami side, and then behind the scenes we've got the Dean Windass side. What's going on? While well, we don't see what's going on with Dean Windass during um during Cami's career, and also Paddy Kenny. Paddy Kenny comes off in this loads. Oh God, it was just it it felt like a satisfying extension of the football book club universe yeah. i was gonna say actually i'm glad you mentioned paddy kenny because i think the only thing we had so far about dean windass that we knew of uh, from our podcast was when paddy kenny told us uh, that uh, for lack of a better word he went to the toilet uh, on the belfry golf club and i didn't expect <laughs> i thought this was something maybe uh, was was a, a secret and uh, <laughs> And Paddy, Paddy was just because you know, you know he doesn't care what he says in the book. He says everything. Uh, however, Dean Windus is pretty frank about what exactly what happened uh, on that. We're, we're spare you the details in the podcast, though. Probably, we're probably. I would argue <laughs> he's needlessly graphic about it. <laughs> I think I, I don't is, think is, he isn't the case with quite a lot of stuff in the book <laughs> yeah. where he goes, yeah. he tells you what's happened, and the last sentence you're like, Dean, we didn't need that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's one line in particular that I don't think I can really read out and continue doing my job, basically. <laughs> 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 Does it involve shoe polish? Is it the shoe it polish? Involves, it involves shoe polish, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know exactly what that is. Yeah, none of us can read that out. That's where we will leave it. Uh, George, George, you enjoyed the book? I love the book. I've also got an answer for the game show because Ooh. I would like to see... Because you know how like all good game shows would go through two lives. You know, you have the initial big hit, then nothing, and then the reboot. And yes. I would like to see Dean Windass host the reboot of Deal or No Deal, which is yet to have its reboot. <laughs> I feel like his conversations with the banker would be incredible and he would buy <laughs> I love that so much so that would be my my idea there and you know Dean I'm, I'm happy to kind of pitch it together with you but then in terms of um, I love the book I thought it was a, an amazing change of pace for my for my general reading and, um, and what was the last book be... you read before this? 
just just an interest uh, I mean, to compare. I mean, the last book I read before this was A Little Life, so <laughs> it's quite a different. <laughs> it's quite a different Very. change of pace. Yeah, I don't know many comparisons between Juice and Francis and uh, Dean Windass, um, but yeah, it's just it, it maybe actually made me think. I mean, I've listened to the pods a lot, and I and so I know that I enjoy hearing you guys talking about the books, but it's made me think that maybe I should, you know, read like a modern classic. And then an autobiography, and then a modern classic, ah, and then an autobiography, <laughs> like a double bill kind yeah, of. Yeah, uh, exactly. Just kind of well, thing. it's. I guess it's that same idea as when um, when Ashley Cole spoke about cheating on on Cheryl, and he said, you know, every so often you need a cheeseburger. It's like caviar cheeseburger, caviar cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> and, and obviously we're the caviar. We, yeah, we know, yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. Sure, <laughs> that makes sense. Um, uh, well, George, I know that you live uh, down the road from me and I've got a whole cardboard box of millions of books. So Amazing. Okay. Take your pick, please. <laughs> take, your, take your pick. <laughs> I might give you the ones that we didn't enjoy as much first. But, uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, Tash, you enjoyed the book? I just absolutely loved this book. I oh. found it so enjoyable. I, I felt like I was watching a sitcom reading this book. I felt like things happened to this man rather than him making things happen. And watching him respond to the way that the world deals his hand is just amazing. You know how like in a good sitcom, you can put a character somewhere and you know how they'll react. You can put them anywhere in the world. And, you know, it feels a little bit like that. You know, that's why we love Ron Swanson or Homer Simpson or Michael Scott, because you can dump them in a car park and they'll do something <laughs> funny. Well, Dean Windus is exactly the same. That and often in a car park. And often in a car park. There's a lot of car parks in it. Yeah, there's a lot of car parks in it. There's a bit where, within a couple of pages, he watches Stan Collymore shave his ball sack. And then, <laughs> and then he Amazing. bandages up Stan's face so that the press think he's had these terrible injuries, which just made me think of like an episode of What's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And then two <laughs> pages later, everything's back to normal. And then two pages later, he's shitting on the Belfry golf course with Karen Brady's <laughs> husband, which is, you know, very Mark Corrigan of him. Like he does all of the big hitters of every sitcom and I loved it. Yeah, you're right. That is such a peep show moment. Yeah, I can definitely yeah. Right. Yeah. envisage in my head Mark Corrigan going, "Oh God, what am I doing? Here yeah, I am on the Belfry these, golf course." Like, different phases of his life, like he goes to Bradford and they're kind of having money difficulties, so he b- briefly becomes an accountant, and then he's, he goes to a car park one day and he somehow gets sent off from a game before it's happened. Like all of these things are just so ridiculous. It's I, that's just why I love. Is it. this book the influence for all of like twenty first century? Yeah, Sitcoms. Yeah, there's scenes in <laughs> this book that have influenced all of our favourite TV programmes. Yeah, this is like he's like, like the Marx Brothers yeah. kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Sam Bain and Jesse Armstrong have been reading this yeah. film. This yeah. is brilliant. Yeah. Put this straight in. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah, I loved it. That's. I, I'm really glad you liked it, Tash. I, I also, uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, firstly, I was surprised by how many sexy Dean Windass pictures there are in the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my one, anyway. Uh, I, I, oh, I, I, some controversy here. I gather, Tash and Jack, you have a slightly different version because our one, to fill you in, George and I have a copy of the book where uh, it ends uh, quite abruptly uh, at the, just after Hull have fought off relegation for the first time in the championship, I think. The year before they get promoted. Uh, via yeah. the playoffs, where, uh, which of course most people remember Dean Windass for that uh, really famous goal at Wembley that got Hull promoted to the Premier League for the first time. However, we didn't have that, but Jack and Tash, you did have that bit. 
in your yep. book. Yeah, best bit of the book. So Loved good. it. <laughs> <laughs> but did you have as many? But did you have the sexy Dean Windass pictures? Because I had a lot. So I read we it on Kindle, I... and mine were all right at the end. But oh my god, there's so many that. It's you know how you have the percentage bar at the bottom. There was like twenty percent of the book left, and it was just pictures of sexy Dean Winder. It was great. That is the kind of book and, we like and on the just show. Just so you know, George, I tend to read these books in the bath. So there was a real uncomfortable moment where I was like, "Do I sit in the bath reading twenty percent of this book of just sexy Not pictures reading. of him? Like, is this just a bit, through pictures yeah, of Dean? Is this yeah. a bit uncomfortable? I don't know. I did it just you know." Uh, imagine course, if your fiance obviously. walks in on that. How do you explain <laughs> yeah. that? How do you explain that away? How do you explain? Like, it's, only, it's only Windass. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we, we had all these. We had all these very sexy Doom Windass pictures, and I really enjoyed that. But also, I was very impressed. I was not impressed. I was very um, surprised by like how honest it is right from the very beginning of the book. Like a lot of uh, books that you've read, which I kind of thought maybe Doom Windass's book would fall into the realm of. Um, you know, very fun, a lot of uh, pitch banter, of, you know, the change rooms, funny things that happen, funny stories that happen on and off the pitch. And there is a lot of that. But also, like, from the beginning, he, he goes into so much depth straight away. Like, he talks within, by the third, fourth page, he talks about his parents' uh, his parents' divorce uh, and how he didn't get on with his mum's new partner. And, uh, I, you know, I, I thought he showed a lot of vulnerability in it and you could see that throughout his career and I thought I thought it was really really brilliantly written I mean some of the bits are a bit brief because a lot of the chapters are very short and they kind of they disappear on there and I would have happily read loads more about it but I don't mean that as a huge criticism I just generally thought there was there was so much in there it was it was fascinating I think what was really interesting about that was the way that a lot of times with these books it's everything's defined by football so like the most important milestone is when you get signed by Hull. But with him, he was talking about his parents breaking up and, you know, the trauma with his, uh, you know, his brother who kicked him out when he couldn't pay rent. Like a lot of things that were really serious going through. And then was sort of saying, oh, I was a schoolboy playing for Hull at this time. He, he's working the bird's eye factory for quite a lot at the beginning of the book, packing peas and stuff. And oh, he's, I love that book. Which is, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> his, his relationship with, with peas is, is just <laughs> absolutely <laughs> remarkable. It, it goes through so many different layers. Know, it's so yeah. weird. I didn't realise there was so much work went into <laughs> preparing a bag of bird's eye peas. It was a bit because he moves on from peas to rice and then he says like by the end of it i couldn't look at a curry yeah like that's how traumatized he was by having to go through all of this rice packing this was like one of the bits that i kind of was just so perplexed by where it seems the way he talks to the reader is as if we all know the relationship with peas and rice in a peas and rice factory <laughs> you know like the, one of my favorite lines in the whole book is when he says they say that football is the land of milk and honey but my road to success was covered in rice and peas it's just like what? And it's just unbelievable. I mean, it's just so great. The rice was pissing me off, just like the peas had done. It's just absolutely amazing. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I got what a as, turn of as, phrase. as we all do. I got pissed off with rice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we we haven't had that in any book so far. No one. I mean, yeah. what, we've had some other weird jobs. I think um, uh, Holt, Grant Holt worked at the tire factory. That was fun. Yeah, and uh, Jason McIntyre, he didn't work in the uh, sweet factory, did he? He lived next to a sweet factory or something, didn't he? <laughs> he, he lived near, and he had to go tr to, for training in the Hovers factory, I think, at one point. <laughs> and also, like, he went to, he went training near a nuclear reactor at one point uh, as well. I, that was very weird. George, I that's think the that's first book he... I'm going to give you, uh, Jason McIntyre's <laughs> Yeah, great book. <laughs> uh, and we all know, I mean, about Dean Windass. I mean, I think anybody knows that he's like a character, and you can tell in the book that there's, you know, there's a lot going on in there. 
I mean, he's not somebody, you know, you can see the way that he talks about his family life and about his jobs and about the way he talks about people as well. You know, there's, he's a guy who, who's very much kind of in his own head. And, and even now we know with his, you know, his social media activity and stuff. And you could tell Absolutely. when I was speaking to him, you know, he's somebody who, who, um, football is something that he needs in order to kind of keep him, keep him focused and, and aligned. Yes. And he's, and it's almost, I found it quite sad in a way, the amount of times that he talks about wanting to become a manager and go into coaching. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's sad kind of reading this now and seeing that that isn't something that's happened for him um, mm. is a shame. You're absolutely right, because he talks about that a lot. He says a few times in the book, says uh, he's a bit worried about hanging up his boots at this point, because obviously we haven't got we haven't got the chapter where Hull get promoted. Uh, and he had a couple more seasons after that. But you can see he's a bit worried throughout it. And yeah, you know, as 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 George said, he's, he's Dean has been very frank since about some of the struggles he's had post football career, and he's mentioned before how he wanted, he wished the FA could have you know support a lot of players who retired before, and that's come up in other books we've had. And you know, I just thought it was brilliant, and I still think it's brilliant that Dean spends so much uh, spends a lot of his time on social media and other places being quite honest about how he feels. And uh, yeah, it, it but. It, it helps you really get a sense of the the person who many think is, as George says, just this huge, colourful character on the pitch, you know, pulling like Gaza-like pranks and stuff. But there is, you know, something else. There's a lot more going on behind him. And- Do you also notice with his how much he would always refer to everybody by name? Like irrespective of whether they were an old teammate, a manager, or anybody that we were meant to know, but also just everybody from his youth as well. Yeah, he would that's true. name. Yeah, it's great. I mean, there's one um, bit where he's talking about how he used to go to the pub when he was younger, and he says, "Lads like Gary Harrison, Gary Duncan, Paul Baines, and David Schultz looks after me, and we get me a pint later." I mean, who the hell are these? Guys? We don't know who these guys are. I was I was genuinely searching Wikipedia, being like David Schultz. Yeah, okay, like, I see. Did these guys go on to massive things? Or are you just telling us yeah. your mates' names when you were younger? Yeah, Did they know like you've done this? He's one of those people that you'd meet one time and you feel like you could invite him to your wedding or you could like drop him a text and go for a pint. He just gives Yeah, that I know vibe. what you mean by that. Yeah. Tash, that's yeah. awkward because I haven't invited him to my wedding. So <laughs> <laughs> if he's listening to this, <laughs> I'll get a Larry DM from Dean. Yeah. yeah. So, as he mentioned, uh, after he does eventually start his professional career with Hull, uh, he does well at Hull, they need some money, they send him off to Aberdeen. But I wanted to ask you about his next club, George, a club very close to your own heart, as you mentioned, Oxford United. Uh, you've mentioned this Chelsea game. Any other big memories, uh, George, of, of Dean at, at Oxford? I mean, loads. Yeah, he, he was our kind of... He came at a time when we were actually quite good, and then... It, we got unbelievably bad uh, immediately as he arrived. Because we, you know, I was, it was a 98, 99 season, I think. So I was, what, eight years old. And um, and he came in and we'd just finished mid-table, as he says, we'd just finished mid-table in what is now the championship. So I thought I was getting involved in a in a team who were going to be kind of challenging to get promoted into the Premier League. Um, we got relegated that season. We got relegated again, I think the season after with a record oh, low no. points. And then about three years later, we were in, uh, the conference so it was kind of at a time where there was lots of hope and that was stripped down immediately and, and Dean Windass was, was brought in from Aberdeen as our, as our record signing and I'm pretty sure we never paid Aberdeen um, for, <laughs> for, for the amount <laughs> don't mention it don't say that now no no we, the, yeah. Aberdeen we, might be listening we, yeah. we either didn't pay them or we didn't pay them until we'd sold him which is why we sold him we basically uh, said yeah we'll, we'll pay you 400,000 and they were like where's our money it's been like a year um, so but he came in and if it wasn't for him, I think we would have been a lot worse. Um, and the, you know, the Swindon goals were great. Um, but it was the Chelsea game that was the big one because I think it was it was John Terry's debut for Chelsea playing at left back um, for them that day. It was at the Manor. I couldn't go because we only had two season tickets and so my, my dad and my brother went. And I was seven and I watched it. 
I, I know. Yeah. I'm still, still <laughs> never given them. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I watched it at home with my mum on Sky. And we went one up through Windass. And it was just unbelievable. They had Zolo, Viali, LeBeouf, Desai. I mean, all of these guys all playing. And they're in, in the. And in a way, because we were so bad, even though it was only one a one kind of league gap, um, it felt like it was just a massive David against David versus Goliath. And they scored in the last minute due to which Dean says. Kevin Francis, who was six foot nine, I think he was, um, who he said he went through the back of him. But I'm convinced that still that it's a dive goes through the back of Viali, and uh, and Lebeuf scored the penalty very late on. And I went to Stamford Bridge for the for the next game, which we we lost four two, and Windass scored again. But they were like I love the FA Cup. Like it really annoys me when people talk about the FA Cup being nonsense because as somebody who supports a team who've had some unbelievable days recently in the FA Cup, it's just. It's like the one bit left of football from this era that I think still exists. Like it's amazing to go as a League One or a League Two fan and going, and it doesn't matter if they're, if they're playing a rubbish team and you beat them, then that's their fault for playing a crap team. Like that's it. Um, and I think that's kind of born within those couple of games against Chelsea. Um, and yeah, I still, I'm still smarting. You know, all these years later, I, I totally agree. We, we all have a game like that. I I went to see yeah. Port Vale at Man City last Christmas, and watching Tom Pope score was one of the best moments of my life. So I am totally yeah. with you. <laughs> but uh, from his Oxford United time, I, I found some. Uh, I found one bit particularly. Uh, <laughs> They're generally very dramatic, which means I guess it lends itself quite nicely to a little feature we have called the dramatic reading. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, George, as as our guest this week, could you please uh, say the words "cue dramatic music," please? Cue dramatic music. Expertly done. That Thank you very great. much. Well, well, let's use that everywhere. <laughs> just 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 play that. It yeah. it's, all, it's all those ad reads. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So this week's story is right from the beginning of his time at Oxford. It's called Dean Windass is held at gunpoint by a man named Ken. <laughs> and that's, that's not our Ken, by the way. As I was going to say. Aware. It's not our Ken. God, <laughs> listen to my song. Yeah. It's about Michael Dubery. <laughs> so the story kicks off. He staggered towards me, the gun in one hand, an empty whiskey bottle in the other. I cowered in the corner of the changing room, absolutely shitting myself. The rest of the yeah, that kind of underplays all the drama. Yeah, it's really. I mean, but to be fair, it's understandable. Oh yeah, like, for sure. But it's it's very like um, it, it sounds like a real uh, tense uh, novel at that bit. And then when he says, "I'm absolutely shitting myself," he kind of I'm taken I'm taken out of that world a little bit. The rest of them bolted the moment he came stumbling in. The first shout of "Where's Windass?" and they were all gone. I was on my own. I tried the door, but it wouldn't budge. I was trapped. So you're Windass, he slurred, fixing me with his drunken stare. <laughs> I nodded and pleaded with him not to kill me. It was the most petrified moment of my life. This couldn't be happening. Ge- oh, Genuinely, please. sorry. Next to my notes, I've just got, what the fuck? What is <laughs> happening at this moment in this book? This is the beginning like, of a chapter. There's no no preamble to this at all. Have I fundamentally misremembered <laughs> this Dean Windass's career? Is there a famous hostage negotiation that he has to go through? It's so weird. This couldn't be happening to me. One minute we were sat there listening to the manager, Mally Shout- Shotton. Mally Shotton? What a strange name. One minute we were sat there listening to the yeah, manager. that's the strange thing here, James. <laughs> no, his name is Malcolm. I've never heard anyone call him uh, Mally okay. before. Okay, <laughs> that makes a lot more sense. One minute we were sat there listening to the manager, Malcolm Shotton, go through the itinerary for pre-season and preparing for a trip to Exeter. The next I'm staring down the barrel of a pistol-waving madman. 
I'm from shotten to shot. Very nice. Very <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm going to shoot you, you bastard, he roared as the gun shook in his hand. I really thought I was a goner, but all of a sudden, the expression on his face changed. A broad smile broke out as he dropped the weapon, stuck out his hand. My name's Ken, and welcome to Oxford United Football Club. <laughs> Bastard! The door flung open, and all the other lads all piled in to take the piss, including Mally, Malcolm. So this was my initiation ceremony, my welcome home to English football. Of course it was a fake gun, but it was very convincing. Just ask my pants. <laughs> what? Just ask, that, my, just pants. ask my pants. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like that's a like game show we could that's yeah. a, That sounds like a good game show. I'm Dean Windass, and welcome to Just, just ask, ask My, my Pants. pants. <laughs> um... This is genuinely, like, I have so many questions, and as an Oxford fan, I want to know how many times okay. this has happened, George. I mean, I hadn't heard about this before before reading this chapter, although I enjoyed, enjoyed a bit afterwards, which must be, it can't be true, that with Paul Tate, Ken ended up chasing him all the way, like, through the fields and, and onto a golf course. I, I just can't believe that's real. Yeah, it's like something like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's, it's, like, so it's absolutely insane. Paul Tate signs and he, yeah, that's exactly right. And then Tate turns around and hits this Ken yeah, chap I mean, and that, breaks his arm with a golf club. I feel like that is a story that has developed over like it's been told in the pub 50 times and every time it's told it gets a little bit more ridiculous yeah. I, I just love the line in Dean's um, recollection of it where he says you know I genuinely thought I was a goner suggesting that he was sitting there in a changing room with a guy holding a pistol at his head thinking yeah this is this is it this is I how am, I go I am, I'm about to die here um, this is this is so scary because that Imagine must how be traumatic that is I, I mean I would do I hope in my life I'm never put in a situation where I'm sitting in the corner of a room with someone holding a gun at me thinking yeah this is this is the end for me <laughs> that is probably the most scary thing that could happen to I'll, anybody I'll be honest George I'm not surprised he left Oxford after 33 games <laughs> <laughs> It's time for this week's Out of Context, Dean Windus. Uh, so this segment, George, we ask everyone on the show to bring a little a sentence uh, they like from the book uh, without explaining what it is. Uh, just something they enjoyed in isolation. Do you have one for us, George? I do, yeah. Oh, please. He was very skinny, like a streak of piss. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I love that line because you are like I know what a skinny person looks like. Yeah, but yeah. let me let me clarify ah, for you. Like it's so <laughs> unnecessary <laughs> <laughs> about a guy that he quite likes as well yeah. in Steve McLaren. You know, it's just is that incredible. how he's described? Oh yeah, he's he's been Hull. Yeah, he played with him yeah. at Hull very briefly, didn't he? Also, I'd Steve, like him Steve... to describe all England managers as different types of piss. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Talking of Steve McLaren, Steve McLaren does one of the most irritating things I've ever heard of in this book, where he puts motivational quotes around the changing room at Middlesbrough so that people stumble upon like things by Michael Jordan and stuff. He's like an Instagram account. He's just like one of these quote of the day Instagram accounts yeah. saying things. He seems to hide them about the place as well. So you open a locker and then, yeah, an inspirational quote will just fall out. Am I the only one who found this as annoying? Maybe it's just me. <laughs> there was a, very... There's a big thing saying sacrifice that was on the wall. Just says sacrifice. Uh, that was in the Oxford then... United changing rooms I'm pretty sure <laughs> what, <laughs> you are the next. sacrifice yeah. Ken will be that... <laughs> <laughs> nice uh, Tash uh, our context he said uh, he wore two different boots he looked a right mess but it got him a few extra bob from sponsors having two companies <laughs> on his feet what, what? what? yeah <laughs> that blew my mind smart smart <laughs> I did not know you could do that that kind of been what actually what was actually doing George it's it's, it's it's, it's no context club. It's no Sorry. context True. club. We can't. I, I, think, it is Steve, no I think it is Steve Claridge, though, just to ruin no context. Yes, yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, Claridge, Claridge and McLaren both been outed there in no context club. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's true. And they like to have their identity protected. I'm going to uh, out someone as well. My out of context. The first time I met Paul Jewell was at Centre Parks in Nottingham. We bumped 
listened to each other and won the indoor pools. <laughs> <laughs> that mental image is so lovely. Story. What a shame. What a shame. Uh, and Jack... I get a bit pissed off at away games because I can't do any hoovering first. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful, beautiful. Well, that's uh, that's 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 out of context, club. And there'll be more Dean Windass after the break as we bring you some Neil Warnock-related drama. And we go back to school with Sean Gosa. Hello, um, hello there. What voice do you want me to do? We will do a little bit. I'll just do my voice. Do your I? voice. Yeah, thanks. Hello, I'm Joe Marler. People think I hate people, but I don't. <laughs> I actually love interaction with people. I love finding out what jobs they do and whether I could do what they do. The Joe Marler Show. Joe Marler Show. With new episodes every Wednesday. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back to Football Book Club, where we're reading Dean Windass's Dino. And just during the break, Jack has dropped a huge bombshell uh, on us from the from the dramatic reading. I was just looking at the dramatic reading to, you know, relive the drama. Um, in in my version, the updated version, uh, he says instead of saying uh, "My name's Ken and welcome to Oxford United Football Club," he says "My name's Terry and welcome to Oxford United yeah, Football Club." Yeah, he does Club. in mine as well. I can confirm. Wow, this what's going on there? <laughs> Is, you, is, there a fa- is there a famous Terry that we should know about, George? There's a famous Ken. So there's Ken Fish, who played for Oxford and Port Vale. 
Sounds like a man of Andy Krabs. Maybe Ken but came he, back with the gun and said, if you don't change my name in the updated version, <laughs> yeah. you're getting it. Call me, call me Terry, Dean, punk. Dean forgot it was a... Sue Dean. For, what <laughs> earlier, for, say, for, say, for saying everyone's name without, without asking them yeah. for permission. Well, also, I love the idea of being like, oh, no, yeah, sorry, it's not Ken. It was a guy, mm, let's call him Terry. Anyway. <laughs> in my version of the book, he doesn't play for Aberdeen. He goes to Inverness Cali Thistle. So. <laughs> it's just very hard and loose with the Dean Windass story. It's like a Mandela moment. The universe yeah. split in, yeah. <laughs> split in two at this exact moment. But uh, there's plenty of other great characters in the book. About halfway through, Dean goes on loan to Sheffield United, where he meets one of our favourite characters. We have Neil Warnock. George, did you enjoy seeing Neil pop up? I, yeah, this was my favourite part of the book. I think was the was the Neil Warnock um, story, because what I loved is at the beginning, basically he goes on loan to um, to Sheffield United and, and Warnock's manager there and he does really well and, and they get into the, the playoff final uh, and he is dropped from the squad for the playoff final and um, before he starts telling this story, he says, people ask if I had a fallout with him but he was never around for me to fall out with and then goes on this kind of rant about how Warnock always spent all his time down on the south coast at home and was never there. Yeah, and Kevin proceeds, Blackwell just did the training sessions. Exactly. Yeah. And then proceeds to give us probably a 15-page blow-by-blow account of him falling out with Neil Warnock. <laughs> yeah. So he's basically just included that <laughs> yeah. bit just to have a dig at Warnock for never being there. <laughs> That's, <small laughs> That's very true. And then the or, best... or the idea that he must have gone down to the South Coast in order to have this fallout with Neil Warnock. Yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> like... exactly. But then but my favourite bit about this, and it's the one part where, you know, I... When I watch, you know, I, I love I love films. I love watching films. And, and I love... I basically go hunting, even for, like, bad twists in films. I liked to know I'm going to watch a film which has like a moment when you're like whoa and turning the page and seeing after you know this blow by blow account of how Warnock asked Windass um, to like pretend he had a groin strain and Windass wanted to hit him and how he'd lost all respect for him turning the page and seeing that the next chapter was written by Neil Warnock was that moment of like oh my god what that is unbelievable it's like that moment in Gonga where you open it and you're like oh my god this is written by her I don't think we'll ever read a book on this podcast that Tash doesn't think is a bit like Gone Girl (laughs) 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 the Neville's book is a little bit like Gone Girl that was like Gone Girl but I don't know which one's which (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it was it was uh, I I wrote the same my note on that page was ooh it was a real it just got very tasty I loved it hearing hearing because that doesn't happen anywhere else in the book apart from right at the very end there's no other moments where anyone else writes it's always Dean so to yeah. change perspective is, 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 is but then uh, the, the sad part about it I thought was that you know you have this this account from Windass where he's you know he's so angry and he, and he sits in the pub and watches the game on his own and you know you can feel how much he kind of hated Warnock making that decision mm. and then Warnock is so nice in the whole chapter yeah, he's he just is. there being like I completely understand. It was awful. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. poor bloke. Yeah. I get yeah. it. He, he says things like, oh yeah, I, I, I felt exactly the same towards some managers and I was young and I yeah. totally understand. I would have hit, I, in his situation, I'd have hit him as well. I'd, I'd have wanted to hit me as well. It's, yeah. In, like, in the paragraph as well, before um, the by Neil Warnock chapter, the manager's view, Dean says, when it comes to dealing with players, Neil doesn't give a fuck about anybody else apart from himself. Okay, and then the next paragraph is written by Dean Warnock, which I think is an amazing <laughs> yeah, yeah. way of introducing, you know, your guest writer in a book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a man who needs no introduction because he's a dick. Uh... <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Neil Warnock. <laughs> it's that paragraph as well where he says, "I called him a 
see you next Tuesday. And he agreed with me, isn't it? Isn't that yeah. like the yeah. final bit of it? Yes. I mean, that, that's so interesting because Neil is both like, yeah, he was absolutely right to get so angry with me, but also doesn't seem to regret what he did. No. So it's it's not like oh god I was so angry with him at the time but then I realized well, you know he makes the that point, I made a mistake. He, that, well, he, if Dean does become a manager, he'll totally understand. So I'm not yeah, angry he'll have to with do it him. To himself. He'll have to yeah. do it as well. Yeah. He completely rationalized it, which I thought was very like like impressive on on Neil Warnock's part. As in, because I can imagine you'd have to be like coming in to to write a book about or to you know have something written like that by Dean Windus and then being like, yeah, he's right, but also I did it for this. It's reason. like they've it's been to couples like, therapy. And they're both allowed their say. You know? They're both allowed to... Mediation. Yeah. When you call me a see you next Tuesday, I feel attacked. Yeah. We're going to have to hope Neil Warnock's book has got his side of uh, the window thing. Much like this has got the other side of everything else. George, yeah. you've got to come back and read whatever his book's called. Yeah. Uh, Naked in the Changing Room, the Neil Wind- yeah. Warnock story. Warnock and Beast, right? Very nice. Very nice. It's not just Neil Warnock he doesn't always get on with, though. Jack, there was, uh, you know, someone else pretty important to a football match he doesn't uh, have the best of relationships with. Uh, yeah, do you mean all referees? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, because Dean Windus has Dean Windus has a very odd relationship with referees in a way that I wasn't quite expecting. Because, you know, Dean Windus is a very sort of, like, colourful character. You can imagine that he wouldn't be liked by referees or that they kind of find him irritating. Um, obviously, that happens quite a lot where he gets he gets sent off. I think we've talked about it. He gets sent off three times in Scotland in one game. He claims where he manages to get he gets sent off for a bad tackle. He gets sent off for foul and abusive language, and then he gets sent off for um, kicking a corner flag. Uh, <laughs> yeah, which yeah. is so. And he, and he calls Hugh Dallas like a, a series of horrible words. Hilarious. Um, but what's interesting is that like a lot of the referees tend to give it back as well in a way yes. that i hadn't necessarily yeah. expected like like he talks about jeff winter where he <laughs> at one point against liverpool he kicked a football against against jeff Win- winter's head uh like really really hard because he was angry that by mistake, by <laughs> mistake. <laughs> and then, and, but apparently he kicked the ball really hard and then just ran into all the other players <laughs> to be like oh gotta get out of here gonna lose myself in the crowd the glory jeff days winter, before var <laughs> <laughs> jeff winter came back with like you know a black eye going who did that and it's just dean windows being like doo, doo, doo. no uh, never yeah. mind you know like dean wendas will say like you know ref what was that and dean, uh, jeff winter will say you know who's refing this game is it you or me and it seems quite like like it's a it's more of a friendly equal relationship than i thought it was going to be with there's some another, of them yeah w- there's another bit where where referee they lose four nil and dean wendas is like he, uh, you know he doesn't get a penalty and the ref says um you should probably sort out your defense it's four nil four nil and does like the the hand symbols for four nil like a ref shouldn't be doing no, I, that. I agree. That, is, that was the jeff winter stuff was on, on a level Jeff where Winter it was kind of like, it's a bit of banter and stuff but that is that's taking that is just like that. That i would like, like to read the chapter written by the referee in this <laughs> yeah. to that yeah. because yeah. i feel like he may deny it yeah. yeah oh sure that bit would be like stan and eminem it would be like <laughs> a response yeah. yeah it would be so good wait that player i should have sent off yeah. it was you <laughs> damn <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I was thinking more Jojo and not Jojo. I was thinking more uh, who sang F You Right Back? Eamon oh, yeah. yeah. and Frankie. Eamon and Frankie. Yeah. Did you know Frankie? that Dido's, Dido's first son is called Stan? No. Wow. Wow. Fundamentally bizarre. Isn't that really weird? Don't Incredible. like that. Yeah. Stanley, to use his full name. But, uh, you know, I think she'd have made the connection, you'd think. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> do you think she, just as she like sent off the thing to be like to register oh, the birth, she was oh, like, oh no, yeah. oh no, oh, I, Wait, I see what I've done. that really famous song I was on. Oh. Oh. <laughs> um, I just, I just, I just call it No Angel instead. <laughs> There's another bit with a referee where he, there was what Tash was talking about, where he gets sent off in the car park, where he's having a bit of banter with the referee during the match, uh, and you know he says, you know, the referee, you're blind, what are you doing? And the referee says, uh, you're just like Gaza, except you, you, you know, you're as fat as Gaza, but you don't have the talent. That's a referee <laughs> saying that to Dean yeah. Winbeck during a match, which is one of those things which is like fundamentally bizarre but he afterwards in the car park he says he's having a bit of banter with the ref he sees him again and he says um stick to your day job you prick as he's driving off dean windows says that to him dean windows says yes. that to to um the referee is the referee and he which, thinks it's a bit of banter it's a bit of fun which he is doing sticking to he's being a yeah. referee i don't know what it's one of those things where people do that to me on twitter when when i make a joke and they go oh yeah stick to your day job and i'm like yeah my day job is writing so i'm gonna <laughs> keep doing it um but the uh, his son dean windass's son josh uh, yep. now currently a player yep, um, yeah. sticks his head out the window and <laughs> says to the referee yeah you duck egg <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the nicest the nicest insult the, in the whole book the nicest one in the world and then the referee like finds dean windass and like um like he gets him suspended for five games and i don't, I don't know if that isn't is that a nice insult it's I think it's stuck yeah. Oh, does it mean something? Does it mean something? I, I think it's it's baldest, isn't it? Uh, who is it? Oh. Yeah. So uh, he's her dean. Oh. He's her dean. Mm. And recently, we we recently saw a referee headbutt an EFL player for for, for being baldest. So do you know yeah. what? I think I've thought I've thought of a new TV show that Dean Windass could do. It could be he could be like Hastings in Line of Duty finding bent refs. <laughs> when i mentioned uh dean windows's uh, tv vehicles i didn't expect us to have quite as many as <laughs> his agents gonna have calls coming in all the time yeah <laughs> there was another but- bit in this section about refs that i just wanted to very quickly mention but did anyone else try and jump without using their arms when they read oh, this? Well, yes. because <laughs> Because what, what the explain because he says that. he says because, it's a really good point. Yeah, yeah, he says that refs often send people off because they jump using their arms, but you yeah. can't jump without using your arms. So I've read it. Yeah. I thought, of course you can jump without using your arms. You cannot jump without using your arms. He is totally right. <laughs> I, I was going to do the same thing, but I was reading it on the tube, and I thought I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't try it. But then what, what I loved was was reading a, the book like this on the tube was amazing because I was like reading it like this because I wanted everybody to see. <laughs> oh. that was sitting on the TV usually we try and come up, yeah that doesn't usually happen with the books we do no no yeah. no no no. I'm proud <laughs> <laughs> however I think um, social media content this week we have to all try to jump uh, <laughs> yeah. in the arms see, see how that pans out and then towards the end of the book uh, Dean goes back to uh, he goes back to Bradford uh, he turns down Wigan when they're in the Premier League, which is really interesting, uh, I thought, because he wants to make sure he plays, which is really nice, I thought. Quite commendable. Uh, he goes back to Hull, where he plays up front with John, uh, John Parkin for a bit. And can you? I can't think of a bigger front two in history. Is there a bigger a bigger centre-forward It's like Godzilla those? versus Kong. <laughs> <laughs> it's just huge. There's a, there's a big one at the moment at Grimsby between two players called uh, James Hansen and Linnell John Lewis. And the only ah. reason I bring it up is because Linnell John Lewis is chant is his name is a shop his name uh, is a shop yeah yeah yeah, yeah. John Lewis, his name is a shop which is my favorite chant in, in football <laughs> that is that is better than everything ken has ever written for us on the show <laughs> <laughs> is, is james hansen the chap who played for bradford yeah 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's and a, they are he's both, a big lad. Both, not as big as those two, I don't think, but they're both, yeah. Big boys. Two, two target men up front. Yeah. Very, very true. Um, and also Ray Parler was at Hull. I totally yeah, forgot I Ray Parler went that. to Hull. I got to, yeah. I mentioned that. I, I I googled that as well because it was so it yeah. was it was unnerving. Fifteen games apparently. <laughs> Who remembers that? But the thing that I really enjoyed towards the end of the book is when he starts thinking about what he's going to be doing off the field uh, when he's finished his career. We've mentioned before he talked about he wants to be a manager, so of course naturally uh, he gets his badges. And this is something we haven't really talked about on the show, but it pops up a bit. Footballers doing their badges and how it basically just turns into football animal house. It's, uh, <laughs> it's just players going off to uni to study for a little bit and it turning into drinking carnage and them living in little uh, little uh, single beds and stuff like that. Actually, like in digs, effectively, which, uh, which are great. There's a moment. So I was playing for Middlesbrough at the time. And there were three of us on the 10-day course at Keele University. Paul Lintz, Mark Crossley and me. But there were plenty of familiar football faces when we got there, including Sean Goater. Brett Angel and Peter Schmeichel. They turned out to be great characters and we formed a really great bunch, especially when it came to the late night drinking sessions in the college bar. Being in a university, we were these poxy little student rooms with a small single bed, a cub and a football TV. There was no room to turn around, let alone stay in them. It's, it, then he has a very funny image of Peter Schmeichel complaining about his tiny bed that he's getting. Doesn't he say, does say that Peter Schmeichel let out like a scream when he saw the room? Ah! <laughs> he sees this box room and just like loses his mind. Bizarre. I am three times the size of this bed. <laughs> <laughs> he is a very big and then uh, he, but it's they, 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 first of all they imagine how difficult it must be teaching a footballer there's one thing I thought throughout this because none of them as they all say at school they didn't really want to learn and they especially don't want to learn now they, they, they want to kind of pick these things up but they all say how they're distracting you to each other all the time it's including uh, this moment which is very nearly a dramatic reading this week uh, they're in a classroom from 7 till 9 uh, the work was hard and hot <laughs> Oh, that could be a sexy reading, actually. Maybe this week. <laughs> <laughs> the weather outside it's about to been, get sexy. Yeah, the weather outside it is. The weather outside had been boiling, and the classroom felt like an oven. We were always moaning about putting the air conditioning on, but there wasn't any, so we had to make do with throwing open every window. They should have learned about that the first time they moaned about it. <laughs> it, still, <laughs> it still didn't make much difference. So one night I decided to add enough and wanted to make a point. We all sat there in t-shirts and shorts. Uh, and so while they were asking their questions I stripped everything off they asked a question I jumped up from behind my desk to answer it with my hand in the air like a little kid and my tackle dangling in the fresh air everyone in the room was pissing themselves and the coaches didn't mind you need to have a sense of humour like that to get through it I would mind if I was the lecturer and I turned around I, I would argue he's misremembering that <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't think there's it. any yeah there's no situation where a coach is like yeah great I'm so glad you're naked right now <laughs> He loves pranks. He, he absolutely loves I pranks. I have a real world tie to that section as well. You had oh, to lecture no. a naked Dean Windows once? No, but <laughs> Keele University, don't let the name fool you. It sounds posh, but it's actually in Stoke. And there's always, there's been this like long fabled story that Peter Schmeichel went on a big night out and got pissed in Stoke. This Ooh. has just confirmed it. I always thought it was an urban myth, but there's pictures of him in like takeaways and stuff, but they're so blurry. You can't really tell, but it did happen. There's, there's, there's no stories, uh, you know, on the grapevine legend that Team Windows was once naked in this lecture room. It's just, <laughs> it's just Peter Schmeichel's night out. <laughs> they should put a blue plaque up on there. <laughs> yeah. you need. And this also suggests yeah. that this book is the influence for Fresh Meat as well. So that's exactly. another, <laughs> another sitcom that we can, we can tick off. But, very true, but with David Weatherall in it and stuff. As opposed to, <laughs> as opposed to Jack Whitehall. I would definitely watch that. Yeah. <laughs> Did the book change you, everybody? Uh, George? Yes, 100%. Um, because I will now 
go search i'm going to come over to yours and get more of these books <laughs> to read so so <laughs> so it, it's going to change my my reading habits forever but i, I kind of feel like i lucked out though maybe with yeah this one. yeah i i think you could be right some of them are good oh, look okay you've listened to the show before there's plenty of there's some good some bad um but yeah maybe you might change your mind when we're sat on uh, my sofa reading gary monk's loud proud and positive <laughs> that, like, that makes it sound like we're going to be reading it together which i did not sign up for yeah james lying on the sofa george's uh, head in your lap i was gonna i was gonna i was gonna read it to jewel <laughs> yeah like that, yeah uh, tash tash it changed you yeah, because now I know that I can't jump without my arms, so I'll never be, make a fool of myself again. <laughs> We're learning so many things over the show. Uh, Jack, uh, change you? Yeah. You know what? Yeah, I, I didn't realise that a man could be uh, so driven by his hatred of rice that he could never look at another curry. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, that was what you and it was generally a very, very good book. As it, well, was, which it, is, which, it was which, actually probably... The, the perfect blend of great football anecdotes, sin- sincerity, and uh, just interesting stories, really. I'm very sad George and I didn't have the segment uh, on uh, the, yeah. the, 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 the playoff push. There are lots, there are lots more, more photos, I would say, in that bit as well. He seems to go mad on the photo section with the playoff push. Yeah, I mean, it, it is, because obviously we can't talk about it because it's not in, in our books. Like, it is one of the best EFL goals ever, which is a massive... I, I was, like, so gutted when I got to the end of the book and saw that the, you know, the famous season where, where he scored the... It was one one of the worst playoff finals of all time against Bristol City it was one of the worst games ever and a mo- like one of the best ever EFL goals and then the season after um, at Oldham as well but I you know my, I got I lucked out with my book because James you sent it to me and even though it doesn't have the chapter of the last season I opened it and on the first page saw it was signed no way it's a signed, it's a signed Dean Windass book and the, the best thing about this for me by miles is that you know I, I mentioned how he names everybody in the whole book this is made out to Jamie, and then Jamie's crossed out and he's replaced it with Neil. So, <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. So I don't know what's happened there. What? I don't know if whoever's asked him to sign it has basically been like, oh no, 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 I got the wrong, you've done the wrong name, or if, D, if it's been re-given, maybe. Jamie gave it to Neil. Uh, maybe, or maybe Dean's just awful go. with names we figured out. Like the yeah, the Terry and the Ken thing. Yeah, but maybe he's just, so good with names. Maybe maybe he's awful. Maybe he's misnamed every single person in the book. All the funny stories that happened with Paddy Kenny were actually happening with Lee Bromby. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't play for Hull at all. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm guessing that's bumped up your score, but rating out of ten, George? Nine. Wow. Oof, high. Nine. Yeah, it has to be. Great great man, great player, great book. That's a very high score. Uh Tash. I'm gonna give it, it a seven. I did enjoy it. I'm gonna I'm gonna go eight. I'm gonna split the difference between you two because I really enjoyed it. Uh, I just wish it had been a bit more. And apparently there was a bit more, which I didn't get to read. So <laughs> that would have that would have that might have pushed me to a nine as well. Jack, uh, I'm gonna go eight. I thought it was a really really well done book. I thought it was great. I think uh, now that means sixteen, twenty four, thirty two. It's got eight on average. It's level. It's joined. It's joined Karen Brady. Brady's played the blues <laughs> at the top of the table. I think that's fair. <laughs> I think that's fair, and genuinely. it is technically four times better than Alan Hansen's Strangest Football Injuries. So, yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> okay, for the quiz this week, you're all named after jobs Dean had before football. So, Tash, you're a, fr- you're a frozen pea packer. Yes. George, you're a rice sorter. And Jack, you're a brick cleaner. Thinking a job okay. where you had to scrape some shit off bricks, I think. Is that literally <laughs> what he, how he describes it, I think, at some point. Um, so just shout your name out, your, your, new, your new name out, when uh, you know the, if you know the answer. Question one, name any of Dean Windass's favourite musicians. Oh, Rice uh, Brick Cleaner. Oh. Uh, Rice Sorter is in first. 
Roy Orbison. Roy Orbison yes, is. That was the one that, yeah, is correct. Anyone else? <laughs> enough, of pretty, enough of pretty women, Roy, he says at yeah. one point. Got to turn off the music. Um, uh, uh, brick, brick Cleaner, brick uh, Elvis Presley. Elvis is correct. Uh, because, uh, and he, he gets really defensive in that bit. He's like, yeah, so what? I don't like modern music. I like old music. What of it? It's like, okay, cool. Chill out, Dean. It's fine. Lots of people like Elvis. (laughs) (laughs) But I bet not many players who play for Hull in 2010 liked Elvis. I'm guessing. Yeah, I suppose he was feeling very old at that point. Yeah, possibly. That's possibly the case. I can't imagine Fraser Campbell. Of course, Ash. There are a few. you like Brenda Lee? Brenda Lee is another one. Yeah. Very true. And the other one I've got is Tom Jones, of course. He doesn't like Oh, Jones. yeah, of course. So does. you're all tying after the first question. Exciting. Question number two. What was the, uh, We mentioned that Dean is very good with names throughout the book. What was the name of Dean's first manager for Hull's Gypsy Town Boys? He's got a great name. Ooh. Oh, God. It, it, it's not this, but there is also the name uh, like John and Brenda Christmas at one point. <laughs> uh, that's, not, and, and that's not linked to this at all. But that is, just, there, there is someone yes. called that. Yeah, yeah, that's where he stayed in his digs. Lloyd, Lloyd, Lloyd Christmas's parents from Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, but I can't remember this. Anyone one. got this? Oh, is uh, wait, uh, brick, brick cleaner opera. Yep. The first name is Dougie. No, no that's not it's right. Not. It's the same oh. name twice. It is so nice. To, I'll let you out of your misery. Ooh. It's Dave Davison. That's it. It's his oh. name, Dave Davison. A great name, uh, although possibly else. might not be his name. It could be <laughs> yeah. or anything else. Sound a bit Terry Harrison, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Dave Davison. Uh, number number three. Which Sky pundit said he'd shave his head if Bradford survived relegation? Oh, Later, uh, did brick so. cleaner. Brick cleaner. Brick cleaner's in uh, there very quickly. Rodney Marsh, because I remember watching that live when it happened. <laughs> yeah, that, it does ring nice. a bell. I, I I sat down at the TV. I was like, brilliant! I want to watch this man get his head shaved. <laughs> it is, and he does. He does it on the on the pitch of Valley Parade, as you say. Yeah, uh, and finally, whose shirt does Dean have framed on the wall oh, in his hallway? Uh, Royce he- Sorter. Got me. Royce Sorter. Do you say Royce Sorter? Isn't like Marco yeah. Royce? <laughs> I, I, was, I, was, I was going for Roy Orbison again. Yeah. <laughs> Roy uh, Orbison Sorter. Yeah. Thierry Henry. Thierry Henry is the correct answer. So. At the end of that, uh, Joy, sorry, Rice Sorter and Brick Cleaner, you. you're tied on uh, to all. Very good. And I haven't got a deciding question, so you can have, have to live with that. We'll, we'll share it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <that's> fine. <laughs> and as a joint prize. Oh, I mean, James, oh. fundamentally, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be eating at you all night. Uh, as your prize, it's time for this week's uh, Ken Zong. Previous on the show, we've had I Love It When You Call Me Leroy Lita and Danger Danger Mark Bosnich. Are you a fan of Ken, George? Yeah. Great. Cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Out yes. of context I, uh, replies. No, no. <laughs> yeah. uh, today, we're very much early 2010s Premier League uh, to the tune of the Elton John classic. It's quite a long one. And I think it's going to be a long, long time till your team cross over the halfway line. He's not a man you should mess with at all. Oh, no. Oh, no. He's Francis Cockerland. <laughs> Cockerland mopping up the ball away from home. <laughs> and there's another line. Cockerland picks up a red and then heads out on loan. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, that's, that's, a bite, that's a biting end. Very to... representative of his career at Arsenal. So there we Amazing. go. Another oh, Ken Zong. That's so I hope funny. we all enjoyed that. If you've read this book or any book you've read, get in touch. Get in touch about anything. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter at Footy Book Club, Instagram at Football Book Club and on Facebook. Plus, we've got that brand new email address, fbc at crowdnetwork.co.uk. Please get in touch with any Andy Crab stories or anything at all, really. Uh, George, we've, we're making this fake 90s and noughties player called Andy Crab. 
We're trying to write his autobiography. Is there anything from the Oxford Oxford United history that you'd like to, you know, Andy Crabb to get involved in? Any moments that you'd like to have seen him play in? From the 90s and the... When's he making his debut? Late 90s, early noughties. I think he's mainly noughties footballer. So if it it doesn't have to be Oxford, anything you'd like him to do, anyone you want him to come into contact with, we'll we'll make it happen. Maybe, why don't you... I'm obsessed with CM0102. Championship Manager 102, ah. and even to this day. So what I would like is for him to have been one of those players who was incredible on that game. Oh, that is a great that is shout. That is a great shout. That is a, oh, like God. a um, like, Cherno like Samba. Mark Kirk, exactly, yeah. Mark Kirk, Falkirk, one of those players. Yes. Yeah, he turns out to be an absolute legend on the game, which could actually be quite difficult for him in his career because people expect too much of him. He's, I, 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 I'm, very, I'm very much down for that. He's, he's, he's going to be the new Freddie Adu, I guess. Uh, <laughs> is, is I what, he also has to go on loan to, to Oxford and then have yes, Terry please. slash Ken uh, threatening <laughs> with a gun. Yeah, the initiation Obviously. ceremony. Okay. Because next, anyway, next week we're doing a wider reading special episode all about Andy Crabb. I'm going to read you some of the stories you've sent us so far. So we'll make sure to include those, George. And George, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been great to have you on. Do you enjoy it? Please. I loved it. Yeah. Yes. We could have said no. No, yeah. I, thought it was, I thought it was awful. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, thinking I was a goner. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, um, it's, yeah, <laughs> really, really enjoyed it and looking forward to uh, keeping up with Andy Crabb's story in the next few, uh, few uh, months. Well, I, 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 there's going to be a, a lot of twists and turns, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> make sure you listen to George's podcast, not the top 20. Isn't there a podcast called George's podcast? I, may, I should probably be clearer with that. Listen to uh, both. I'm sure it's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yes. So make sure you listen to that. Uh, we actually have a clip from one of your podcasts, George, uh, which we'd like to play now on the show. Can you explain it to us, please? Yeah. So definitely listen to Not the Top 20. This is from a podcast that we used to do for The Athletic called Going Up, Going Down. Uh, we now do the Totally Football League show Extra Time. But on that last summer, when basically football ended, we did a series uh, of interviews with players who played League Two, League One, Championship, Premier League. So went their way up. Ah. And we did. Um, and we interviewed Dean because even though he didn't play in League Two, as he's keen to point out in the book, um, when we were offered him and we knew that he was basically too good to turn down. So it's called EFL Completed. And this is a story which he doesn't mention in the book, which is really surprising of how Dean Windass nearly and very much didn't play for the Republic of Ireland. I said to Mickey, I've got an Irish grandparent and uh, I think we had a few drinks at the time. And uh, about three or four days later, my mobile goes private number and I don't normally answer private numbers. And and uh, it was uh, a woman. And I went, hello. He went, hi, it's, I can't remember her name, Janet. Uh, I'm, I'm Mick McCarthy's PA from from uh, uh, Republic of Ireland and I thought it was a wind-up. <laughs> and I went, yeah, whatever. She went, no, no, serious. You were talking to Mick McCarthy at the PFL Awards? I went, oh, yeah, I was. He says, and he said, you've got Irish grandparents. Uh, could you send your documents in? And I went, oh, no, I was only, I was only joking. <laughs> and I wish I, wish I wasn't. I wish I would have had some Irish grandparents. And- Guys, I think we can all agree, after reading the book that we just read, uh, that does not come as a surprise at all. But it is, like you say, a surprise. You didn't mention it in the book. What a shame. Huge shame. But make sure you listen to all of George's podcasts. He's on so many brilliant things. Thank you again for coming. And uh, please do come back on. Also, thanks, Jack and Tash, blah, blah, blah. Uh, any, any- okay, <laughs> yeah. Wow. We've You're both always had here. our haircut to record this today. Don't be so you yeah. both, you both look lovely. You both look absolutely <laughs> lovely. Thank I you. Say, I my haircut and later. George hasn't made an effort so <laughs> I'm, a, I'm wearing a shirt it's true he is wearing true. a shirt <laughs> um, excuse me <laughs> any last words to end the show on you duck egg I knew that was coming I knew it <laughs> you knew it you knew, I it. knew it thanks a lot guys bye 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 
Thanks for listening to Football Book Club. It featured James Burke, Natasha Daniels, Jack Bernhardt, and George Ellick. It was created by James Burke, and it was a Crowd Network production. Thanks to Dean Windus for writing the book. It is a brilliant read. It's called Dino, and it's available everywhere. The theme hills behind is the work of Silent Partner, and is using the Creative Commons 4.0 license. We'll be back next week with our Andy Crabb special. So if you have any stories you want to add to our made-up footballer's autobiography, please send them to us on socials or to our email address, fbc at crowdnetwork.co.uk. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Crowd Network, a place where you belong. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.